What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. Dairy. What dare you on 75 hard now? 11. 12. Woo! I think you were so close. I know. But, like, I love it. I actually genuinely love it. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, how am I going to survive without it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do the, what do they call it, 75 life or live hard. Live hard. And yeah. I probably will. Um, and I'm like titrating between the like, it's not necessary for me to do two 45 minute workouts a day. Yeah. Um, and I could just do like a 60 minute workout a day. What book are you reading? Um, right now I'm reading, I just finished Big Magic by the same person who wrote Eat, Love, Pray. Mm. It was really good. It's about like having fear and creativity nice. together and letting fear like be in the passenger seat mm-hmm. and recognizing that it's there. And you're like, hey, I love you, fear. You're here. I know you're going to stay. You're going to mm-hmm. stick around. You're here, but you're not allowed to touch the dial on the volume. You're I not like allowed that. to like... Um, navigate there's no navigation allowed so like you're here we're working together but you're not in charge you're in the passenger seat bitch exactly welcome back (laughs) 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 get ready (laughs) we're all just saying that we're in need of like body movement so it's gonna come out through our uh, (laughs) swear word sounds Hopefully you're at the Project Linus podcast because if you're not here, I don't know where you are. Space. Space and time. UFOs. <laughs> this is Dr. Mel. Dr. Aaron. And Jess. Welcome back, y'all. We we kind of prefaced this episode from the last episode about talking about how we can't change people. As try as we might, we cannot do it. And this episode, I will say, was inspired by Ashley our office manager, because we, you know, we listen to our clients and we reflect on what y'all are going through. And I know some of you have had healing experiences. You've really made positive change in your life. You're moving in an upward spiral, so to speak. And you notice that there are other people in your life that you just wish would do the thing, eat the blueberries, go for the walk, stop smoking. And there's all these things you want to change about them. And, you know, I get it. I've definitely been there. But we wanted to talk about today the concept and the principle of how we really can't change or make anyone do anything. So two side notes. Blueberries are disgusting. What? (gasps) Excuse you. You're high. I love the flavor. She's high. Don't listen to her. Um, I just bought two bags of 
blueberries yesterday. I like the flavor <laughs> of blueberries. Like if, if it's in a smoothie, if it's in a muffin, but like a raw blueberry, it basically the texture reminds me of a fish eye. <laughs> like, have you ever poked a fish in the eye after you've like killed it? And Don't listen to her. Eat you guys. It? That's the texture of a blueberry. I hope you enjoy blueberries. She's um, She's and the other one, I miss Ashley so much. I can't wait to like hug her. I haven't seen I her know. in like months and like a big boob hug together. Like, always leave it to just to like break the ice on these podcasts of like random thoughts i just appreciate that (laughs) thank you it's good to have you know it can be so serious in these conversations so yeah i don't you you guys got the boob department yeah you can't Mm -hmm. change my perspective on blueberries you sure no (laughs) (laughs) no i'm not sure but i don't like them mind control you just kidding you could try i actually might enjoy that you attempting to make that happen <laughs> like put me into hypnosis and like see yeah. if you get me to love blueberries i'm down probably would be good try. for me yeah cool we'll just like <laughs> whenever you come back to the office for a session we'll just kind of yeah drop it in your consciousness dig it blueberry trees <laughs> <laughs> take the blueberries from the field and bring it into the nervous system anyway this podcast is not about blueberries, but it also is about blueberries. We um, can't change Jess. No, we can't change <laughs> Jess. We can only invite you into another paradigm. Mm-hmm. But this this episode was inspired by just the, the notion of when you're on a journey and you've got people around you that you love and you perhaps notice things in their life that you could offer another perspective or... You know, it's not to go into judgment about them, but ju- you just notice like you're going in this fix it mode. Like you want to you want to become the coach of your partner or you want to become the the doctor of your friends. And I get that. Trust me, I have been in that realm of like trying to change people and it can be fucking exhausting. And as a practitioner, as practitioners, all of us, I have found there's different ways to inspire people and allow them to discover from within different solutions rather than the external force, the external changing, the external motivators, which can be exhausting for you and honestly to them, make them go into more guilt and shame. So that's what this episode is about, is talking about how do we become our own best guide, our own best doctor to then inspire others to make that change through our own energy field rather than like, hey, you should stop drinking Diet Coke. You should start eating blueberries, Jess. Like no one wants to be shitted all over. So we're going to jam. shitting on my chest. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Blueberry shits. (laughs) By the way, like honestly, blueberries though have a lot of fiber. And if you have trouble pooping, highly recommend it. You should eat some blueberries. (laughs) Blueberries are delicious. Yeah. And again, we... I also feel like this is a powerful podcast right now because there's a lot of people who are doctors and coaches and gurus on social media and they will tell you what to do and not what to do. And there's so many different things out there. And I know Michael talks a lot about this. There are principles of health, but I think what's important to remember is you have to own that yourself first. And yeah, and it's like, you need to be able to hold your values and your beliefs and not try to change anybody else, but recognize that 
by allowing somebody else to fully be themselves, you're creating a challenge for yourself. And like, there is no growth without that challenge, without that, um, opposite thought pattern, because you have to be able to be uncomfortable. You have to be able to make people uncomfortable to grow and change and have real thoughts and opinions. Yeah. And I think when you were talking about values, we talk, I've talked a lot about that in the coaching I do. And we've talked a lot about it on this podcast, but if you're in a place of your life where you're noticing, you're judging the behaviors of others, like know that one it might be outside of your values. Like someone's behaving outside of your values. Like if your highest value is health and specifically consuming different things and you notice someone around you is consuming the exact opposite thing of what you perceive to be quote unquote healthy or of a different vibration, like that's going to happen because you're human and you have values that have been driven by your voids, most likely in childhood. And be curious if you have a judgment, this is just something I'll offer in this episode. If you have a judgment of a behavior of someone, know that you're probably demonstrating that same behavior just in another form. And you have yet to learn or see yourself embodying that and owning it. So an example of that would be like, if I'm judging someone consuming a diet Coke, let's say, like I definitely have a judgment around cola and around pop. And I grew up drinking a fuck ton of pop. And now I choose not to consume it because of my own choices and understanding. And I definitely consume things from time to time that are of lower vibration. So that helps me stay humble and stay curious if that person were to come to me and say, hey, I'm looking at making a change in my life. What would you recommend? I always try to come at it from a Socratic method of like, are you open to feedback? Are you open to coaching? Are you open to another paradigm versus like advice dumping on people? If you constantly are judging other people all the time, like it's normal to have judgments here and there when you're aligned, but if you're doing it all the time, there's a part of you that you haven't owned that trait or characteristic and actually learned to love that part of you. So you're less projecting And you become more self-aware and self-reflective is what I'm speaking to and what Jess gave a great example of. And I know I've said this before, but we are judgmental all the time. We have to have judgment Mm -hmm. to make decisions. It's a primitive thought. It's where you let that judgment go. Right. Um, Judgment is neutral until you give it the power to be otherwise. True. Very well said. I, I like what we do in the office with new practice members of telling them we're not here to like change or tell you all the things that you need to cut out of your life, but build awareness. Like yep. awareness is that introduction into what could shift and change, mm-hmm. especially when you become more aligned within your own body mm-hmm. and hopefully aligned with your values and start weeding out the things that don't serve you anymore. And that could be the soda. You could recognize like, why do I drink this? <laughs> and I drink this, beer. I, I like beer. So, yeah. And I like coffee. And those aren't technically that good for me. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> There's a lot of opinions about a lot of things out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But just building that awareness is a beautiful introduction into yeah. this conversation. And when you start building awareness, then you will let go of the power and, like, the need to control. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, 
I don't have a need to control my practice members and their decisions. Like I've let that go because in chiropractic school, the conversation looked very different and it was looking at like, what do we need to eliminate? And when I had that ongoing conversation every single re-exam and I was like, oh, you're still not drinking any water. You're still eating processed foods. Like that would just make me upset. Right. And so mm. frustrated. Yep. And I'm like, okay, what am I not doing right to serve you? And I'm like, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. So the way that we do it here in the office, I'm like, I'm letting go of that power and need to control you. And you are in your own driver's seat. I'm just here to support you. Yeah. Ashley absolutely would pull this from the field because I feel like it is a very <laughs> yeah, she did. like she's she totally like oh did. god Jess is coming in it's been a while what do we need to get uh, oh here we go you Boom. can't change people um <laughs> because I have been in this bubble of our type of healing for over two years now and even before then I was like slowly integrating into that and um as I've taken on this new career I'm just with people who it's not that they are not in this dub bubble of healing. This is they've never had exposure. They've never been with a healer who talks about stuff like this uh, or about medicine the way that we do, about healing the way that we do. And so I'm going into this clinic where all of these people are coming from a medical provider And again, there's nothing wrong with medical providers. We need that contrast. There is definitely a role for Western medicine in humanity. However, sometimes feels like it could be all-consuming. People give themselves over to that um, really easily. And so when people come to me and I, the first two weeks, every time my dad would call, he'd be like, how's work? And I'd be like, it's good, but like, this is just so outside of my operating norm. And the last two weeks have felt so, so much better because I'm not judging where my patients are coming from. I'm just meeting them exactly where they're at in that moment. And by dropping that judgment, like in the, the last two weeks, I had like some cancellations or before the last two weeks, I had some cancellations. This week I had a hundred percent attendance. Mm. And part of that was like, I think me operating at this higher level of, I want you here because I want to be that I work so hard to regulate myself. I have the space to allow you to be regulated within my, within my sessions, within my treatment rooms. Um, and by dropping that, that negativity I was attaching to the judgment I had, I've created so much more openness. Yeah. To speak to what you're saying powerfully, just like people just want to be loved for who they are and they don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be changed. They want to be seen and loved exactly where they're at. And what I found in embodying that more is all the ways and distortions that aren't really them, but maybe a facade or a persona they put on, including behavior choices, start to fall away because love is like the pure essence of who we are, not from an infatuated perspective, but like that pure like synthesis of all beings of creation. And when you can really hold that for people like, hey, I see, I see through these distortion patterns, I see through your subdictions, your addictions, and I see the true you, that emerges. And like the other things just like 
can start to fall away like leaves. You know, like I hear, and I don't know, you've probably heard this too. You'd be like, yeah, I just, I just like stopped smoking or I just like stopped doing that. Or I just started sending more boundaries. Like it's so much more of an inside out phenomena when you can really allow people to be who they are and discover that from within so that they can have this awareness of like, huh, as you said, Dr. Aaron, like awareness of like, huh, I'm like, I'm complete with that, you know, versus like, oh, my doctor tells me I should drink more water. Or my, you know, practitioner tells me I should do this. That's like one of the most disempowering words. And we want to share this with y'all because as you start to do your own inner work, you, you kind of become your own doctor, you become your own coach. And I get, it can be kind of challenging when you notice immediate family members, you're like, oh, I see you. And you, you kind of want to like advice dump on them. And I can tell you, like, again, that can be very exhausting and uh, a roundabout way of getting to what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of, like, my favorite things that one of my practice members has told me was, like, she smokes and she's like, like I had a cigarette this morning and it just tasted disgusting. Yeah. And I was like, huh, so what's that telling you? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I think I want to, like, stop smoking. And I was like, amazing. Like, how powerful is it when you actually come into alignment and you recognize the things that don't serve you anymore? Yeah. And your physiology will tell you. It's a frequency. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just uh, inviting them to listen to that mm. yeah. and trust it. And every phase of like development, integration, healing, anything that helps us evolve begins not with shooting, but with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so meeting people with curiosity rather than assumption or, you know, advice based on the judgments you're making about their behaviors yeah. is going to change them more than you ever could because it's not you telling them what to do. It's them creating questions about why they're doing things and once you can question your own behaviors you could start to consider other routes yeah yeah as dr aaron always says there is no bad behavior behavior is a window into the nervous system quote from dr amy spolstra yeah i'm sure dr amy (laughs) spolstra got it from somewhere else (laughs) yeah at ot we say every behavior has a purpose and a reason Mm -hmm. because it's like a puppy when you have a puppy with a bad behavior (laughs) If you try to get that behavior to be gone, it's going to rise up in another way. But if you repurpose that behavior and find the reason for it and give that behavior a reason, like your puppy is always picking up your socks, teach your puppy to pick your socks up and put it in a bucket, right? Like put it in your laundry basket. Mm -hmm. And they actually enjoy that. They find like pride from it and a sense of accomplishment. So do your puppies do that? Do they pick up your laundry? Do they um, chew on your tables? <laughs> My $30 Goodwill coffee table yeah. is like destroyed. <laughs> it's so cute though. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it when I'm in my room and I just hear the gnawing and I look out the door and Jazzy's just like kind of slouching. <laughs> <laughs> She's like casually gnawing. She's like, what? <laughs> you don't just boring. casually chew on corners of tables? Is this the best way to get your attention, mom? Mm-hmm. It Oral is. It really should. Is, so. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess let's go for a walk. Let's exercise. (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite questions for my private clients and now my patients is like, uh, where do you feel safe? Mm -hmm. Or like, or the question I had this two weeks ago for a patient was, uh, what does safe mean to you? Mm -hmm. 
and just to get them to start thinking. And they've, most people have never had a provider who asks them questions like that. And most people don't meet friends or whatever in their day-to-day life who ask them questions like that. And what if you did? Like, my question to you right now is like, what? when's the last time you felt safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, um, people are in a processing mode about maybe they're sharing something that doesn't feel safe or they're, I don't want to say complaining, but they're in there like they're sharing challenges with mm. you. It can be very, when, when we as the person who's holding space, whether you're a provider or you're a partner or you're a mom or you're a daughter or however you identify, when we haven't felt heard and seen in the challenge and felt safe, it can be so easy to like dump and project the advice because we feel uncomfortable with like their energy versus like, Hey, I see you. I know where you're at. I get it. And that's when you do your own work, you can be in those dynamics and hold the space of like, sounds like you're going through a rough time versus like, well, you should stop drinking pop and you should start drinking water and you should start eating blueberries, Jess. And it's like, and that used to be, I think I've talked about this in other episodes where that would, that was totally like old Mel, like, especially when I was first in chiropractic school, I was like, I know the answer to the secrets of the universe and y'all need to fucking know it. But if you look at great leaders on the planet, it was like, they just were being, you know, they were just embodying this magnetism of love and sharing like truth and inviting whoever wanted to listen. And, you know, that's kind of I think the the nature of what we're what we're speaking to. Yeah. I just got this image of like a dictatorship. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone from dictator you know, to guru. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. I'm evolving. Uh, and I think you literally just Jesus got is next. to the you got to the root of why we want to change people's because we're uncomfortable by their behavior, but really it's something that like we ourselves need to work through. Yep. Um, it's good. I like that. Well, yeah, I just see it a lot with clients where they start to, you know, embody their alignment and truth. And then they notice, you notice like through alignment, you notice misalignment. It's like the contrast. It's the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. Like we only know our center because we've come off center. Mm -hmm. And so when you come into this and you start to notice all these things around you where it's a different frequency, because you haven't established a strong foundation yet in this yet, it can be easy to want to like go out and change people, which really just means you have inner work to do because as you embody all those parts of you and love all those parts, it actually starts to happen more organically through magnetism and through just by proximity. And people will just, you step in a room and people will just be like, all of a sudden I want to stop smoking. I don't know why, (laughs) but I just, I'm like, your sheer presence. It's like, yeah, man, I love you. I have... A big thought on this so I'm going to try and make it back to where where the thought was go on the from. tangent girl but um we often because we're so and I say this I feel like in every podcast because it is such a like present thing is we're so used to immediate gratification that we're not used to discomfort anymore we have so much at our fingertips that we we don't want to be in pain we don't want to be uncomfortable and so the reason that we try to change people is because what they're doing 
it challenges us in some mm-hmm. way. It could challenge our like current attempt to be trying to get healthy. Mm-hmm. It could be challenging, you know, whatever it is, is you're trying to change people often because what they're doing challenges your values, your belief, yeah. whatever you're working for in that moment. So if you are able to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and being in pain and not finding resolution with things because that's just what's going to happen is if you are comfortable with not finding resolution it's going to be easier to just accept people for who they are and in the acceptance actually comes the deeper resolution you didn't even know was possible exactly without it's like letting go of the outcome yeah that's very well said I hope that that was like a yeah. route because as you were talking, I was like, I have so many thoughts on this. How do I yeah. hit every single one of them? Because it is, there's so many things that go into interacting with other people when you have your own values and belief yeah. systems. Well, and I think like the Buddha said, you know, I'm not really religious, but I've studied a lot of Buddhism and Hinduism is like human beings innately want to end suffering. But it starts with yourself and it always comes back to yourself. And like advice giving is a form of a dopamine hit. Yeah. So. I feel like that's why like families and friends, like you want to change them the most too, because that's like so deeply rooted to like who you are because like you grew up with your family and like you have such a deep love for them and you want to see them healthy you want to see them do the things for longevity and vitality right yeah you Um, want them around yeah like that is just such an innate thing to you but owning your own ground and your own boundaries is also just as important um more important than seeking change Mm -hmm. because once you own your shit then they can be empowered by that too yeah and you can be in community Mm -hmm. with people then who challenge your belief system Mm -hmm without having to like distance yourself from them yes um i was reading a really interesting book where it talks about how we used to live in community as women especially as women we were so closely knit and i mean men had it too but we we developed faster emotional connections with people typically um but how we used to like all live in community together. And then um, they introduced like the nuclear family. Is that what a nuclear, atomic family? Nuclear uh, family? Yeah, nuclear, yeah. yeah. Where it's like a parent and children. And th- it was like so focused on parents and their children that they were even like dislocating us. They, I mean like this, this story about mm-hmm. the power of the nuclear family from our grandparents and from our friends because it was so home centered. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I feel like because they created this idea of what a perfect nuclear family was and that this is how the American life would like thrive and all of that. We created so many judgments about people who lived outside of that norm and it's created this disconnection from community Mm -hmm. Um, and elderhood. What? Elderhood. Elderhood, motherhood, I mean, we... Crone energy. Yeah, when when we... Um, the book talks about how as mothers, we weren't made to be playing with our children and be the entertainer. We were made to All be... All the fucking time. 
Yeah, we we, <laughs> we we used to, well, human is about survival. And so survival was like getting food and preparing food. And like there was so much more that went into maintaining a family before the common day, like technology that we have today. So the kids would just go along with their mom and learn these responsibilities. And moms would send them to the other families and mm-hmm. like community and all of this. But now as mothers, we cast so much judgment upon one another. And I, a, a lot of that is because of the standard for a nuclear family that was created. isolation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so much pressure on, on moms, not just moms, but since we're on that topic, like there's so much pressure on moms, like you said, to like do everything versus communal living. It's like, all right, I'm going to give you to grandma so I can go take a fucking nap or yeah. like go hang out with my siblings or whatever, you know? Right. But like we've created just this idea of the American life and I, maybe it's my own illusions, um, but I do feel like this call to have more elderhood. And the elderhood may not come from your grandparents, but I'm noticing, like, I feel really called to work with people who are, like, 70 plus. Yeah. You know? I'm like, tell me, you know, like, Ben and I did a, you know, we were away at a retreat this weekend, and there was a 76-year-old monk. And it was just, like, his presence and energy was, like, so different. I was like, you're, like a grandfather figure right now like you have wisdom that I can just feel and I don't even know what you've lived but there's something there was something about his presence and groundedness and his ability to look in our eyes that was like man I this is so like he was very embodied masculine feminine and just so loving and like the grandfather energy um not the distorted grandfather energy but it was it was so beautiful like it was so nourishing I was like can I just like like Ben kept saying, like, I just want to hang out with him, like at a bonfire, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, like you'd hang out with grandpa. Like, and I think yeah. the elderhood and the childhood, it all comes back to burden, mm. right? Like, are you perceiving this relationship mm. as a burden in your life? Like, you're not willing to ask for somebody to help watch your children. Yeah. Like, why? Do you feel like your children are a like watching your children are is a burden. Do you feel like taking care of your elderly neighbor, your grandparent is a burden? And then you need to assess like, how am I creating that judgment within myself? And if I'm doing that, am I projecting that burdenhood, the idea that this is a burden to other people? Mm-hmm. So like, I know it's last minute, like, but could I, uh, can you watch my kids? Mm-hmm. Like, you believe that it's a burden. Other people are going to feel like They're it's gonna a burden that too. too. Yeah, inside out. Mm. Well, and it's recognizing too, just like in um, intimate relationships, that person can never meet all of your needs, right? Yeah. So even within like the family dynamic, not mom is going to meet all the needs that that kid has, right? Yeah. It's a whole collective yeah. um, participation. So, mm. yeah. Um, one thing that's really been resonating for me, and I feel like I've said this to so many people lately coming back to, uh, why we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves is that when you start to develop, when you're so focused on like how you're internally, uh, developing, evolving, you know, one, one big thing lately is like control the controllables so Mm -hmm. that when uncontrollables come up, you're more adaptable, you're able to respond better. Um, but we've talked a lot about the idea of neuroception and that's our ability of our nervous system to sense safety in our environment. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about it with like somebody, say you're walking down a street And all of a sudden you sense that somebody is behind you 
even though you can't hear them and you can't see them. And also, you know, sometimes you sense somebody behind you and you don't feel nervous, but sometimes that will kick on that, like that nervousness. And so we talk about neuroception in the terms of feeling unsafe often, but we don't think about the field we're creating around like feeling safe and being a safe person and being a regulated person. So you can scientifically study the effects of neuroception, but we don't think about how we project positivity and safety to other people feels really woo woo, but it's the same thing as being an unsafe person and starting to follow someone. Um, so if you want to change people, it needs to be an internal change. You're a person of safety. You're a person that's regulated. You're doing the work. And instead of trying to tell people what to do, they start to sense what to do and they, and not only sense it, but they can see it. They see the physical things that you're doing. So neuroception isn't just about feeling unsafe. It's about creating safety too. Yeah. And I think to speak to that, because I've seen, this is something I was talking about in this mentorship program and part of um, Genius where like your, when it comes to safety, it's like your responsibility to claim that in yourself. Because I think we, like there's this kind of pendulum swing I've seen in like people talking about safe spaces and people talking about, you know, trigger warnings and not that I'm like I am a put like, yes, the nervous system needs safety and stability, but that's your responsibility to own that and yourself. You can't control like other people's stuff, which is back to like our point. And I think some people who are, if you're a leader of groups, sometimes you can feel like you have to like externally control to make it safe. But if you can just sink into that yourself, you can trust the organic and innate intelligence of a collective that the field will entrain to you and it's less you needing to control the situation you needing to control safety and others like allow them to discover that themselves and it's like way less pressure on you because at the same time yes you have safety and stability growth happens through challenge so we need micro triggers we need micro stress to grow otherwise if it's too safe and stable that's its own form of distortion and collapsing yeah if you shy away from resistance you will never fully grow yep yep keeping that fear in the passenger seat yeah (laughs) keep the fear in the passenger seat allow it to be there but not take control um and sometimes it's going to step up But if you're like regulating yourself, if you're putting the work in, it becomes easier and easier to just allow it to be a passenger. Yeah. Right. Instead of like a, uh, what do they call something driver? Hmm? Where that's like a a backseat driver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Nobody likes that. (laughs) I think I need more caffeine. Do you? I got some. No, God, no. It's espresso Um, and coffee, man. Woo! (laughs) Allowing your judgments about other people, your fears about other people, your inability to control things around you, be the backseat driver, like focus on letting your, you know, con- your the things that you can control come forward. Yeah, exactly. for sure. My 
I, I love you, mom, if you're listening. Um, my parents have a really bad habit sometimes of last minute changes <laughs> to plans. Mm. <laughs> and I know this about them. And so I meet them where they are. I accept it for what it is and I control the controllable. So they're coming into town next week and back in my mind, I'm like, they could also cancel like a week out, you know? And if that happens, like I see that as a prediction, it's, as of right now, um, they leave tomorrow morning. They have not canceled, right? So that's amazing. And I didn't change all my plans. Like, I didn't take days off of work or anything like that mm-hmm. in case, you know, what I expected to happen happen. I wouldn't hold resentment towards them, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that's something that I've worked through. I'm like, well, I can control the controllable and not like have certain expectations or expect them to behave a different sort of way and be pissed off about it. Yeah. When like I still have control over my schedule. They don't have sure. they don't have control over my schedule. That's yeah. all within my realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I own that. Yes. Yeah. I also love my family. Don't think they listen, so we should be good. But like <laughs> uh, something that as I've generated more internal locus of control. Um things like quickly changing schedules, last minute planning. Uh, It's not in my nature to do that anymore. I'm more of a planner now. And when it happens, I I still do find myself feeling frustrated Mm -hmm. and upset and annoyed, especially when it's like, hey, we're getting together today. Like what time? What time? What time? <laughs> Got to so ask a couple of times. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, in an hour. And I'm like, okay. Um, but, you know, like it's okay to still have like disappointment and annoyance and like frustration and the like loss of expectation. And instead of being an annoyed with them, something that I need to work on is like, why am I responding this mm, way? Like yeah. I could still be that way and be annoyed that they're doing that and recognize that like I have the ability to do things within my environment to make it easier to accept that that's what's happening. Yeah. And any of these feedback loops as we talk about emotional feedback loops or physical feedback loops do just give you a sign that there is something outside of your values and if you value planning and organization and the opposite of that happens like the emotion isn't bad. It's just it's just giving you a feedback of like, oh, it's because I value this. Yeah. And sometimes you got to be like, hey, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like, and just be like, I I plan my day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's a really high. That, I feel like that's a really high level of yes. development. And I'm still not there. It like it's like. 80% of the time, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but well, you know, 20% of the time, I'm like, okay, well, yep. I'll do other things. Like, how is this serving yeah. me? How is this, like, in perfection with the universe? Yeah, and it's like, a year ago, it was 10%, right? Yeah. So it's like little tiny changes that I'm making over time that are sustainable, that I know are going to serve me. So, like, when we're talking about this, this isn't just going to happen overnight. This no. is a culmination of years of work. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And your nervous system learns, right? If you're intentional with how you navigate, that's why you kept saying now it makes sense. Because I was like, oh, Aaron, Dr. Aaron, are your parents coming? You're like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) in my brain, you know, I'm like just where I'm very like, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to a fault sometimes um, at the expense of my own well-being because I have very strong integrity. And... uh, (laughs) I'm just like, what do you mean? Don't you just book the plane ticket and get on the plane? 
like no, they're driving the road trip that's right they're driving more flexibility they're driving <laughs> yeah I, again it's possible <laughs> they could get to montana and be like, like yeah nah. they're staying in missoula and i fucking yeah. love missoula they oh, might love they're it too driving once. through like port mm-hmm. that'll be sweet yeah it's an amazing drive yeah. until yeah. you get to like past bozeman and then you're like oh yeah. Yeah. yeah once you get to like butte montana you're like there's eh. nothing yeah, yeah. Until the Twin Cities and their daughters TC, here. <laughs> and their dog children, gra- yeah. dog grandchildren. They have not met Jasmine. What? Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. What? <sighs> yeah, Good. they have not met oh Jasmine. Oh my gosh. What a celebration. I do, there are there are parts of like people who can be so flow and just change last minute. I, I'm I'm working on embodying that part of me in, in forms. Um to not be so like controlling and structured. Um, but sometimes, you know, I'm not perfect. Like just like, I try to always have the, the perception of like, if something does change last minute, I'm like, okay, what's the benefit of this? What's the benefit to them? What's the benefit to me? How is this working out for me? Like things are always working out for you, not against you. Um, but there's definitely still moments where I'm like, what the fuck, man? And I've done the same thing. Like I've definitely had moments where I'm like, Hey, sorry, I'm not going to make it, you know, or Hey, sorry, I'm running late. Like we're all human at the end of the day, um, just kind of coming back to like, as human beings, like that surrender into the process versus like being so rigid and like, you need to change to this and like trusting the journey, trusting the process, trusting as we've all been saying, like this is going to happen over time and you get, you get to keep coming back to like, you know, your center. Like it, it's everything is an inside out game everything is an inside out reality world. Yeah. And I think just like tooting some horns here, you guys are a really good place to start with this. Uh, Michael also does this. My, mm-hmm. my fiance. Mel's <laughs> 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 brother. I need a clip of like a meme, like you doing that, like on repeat. My, my fiance, like that. Um, <laughs> That Audio reminds quick. me of when you and Ben got engaged and Abe kept calling him your... Ben Beyonce. Beyonce. His, her Beyonce. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> that was, was really cute. cute. Abe would always call Ben Beyonce. Um, <laughs> but like Michael does this because it, it doesn't start with overnight. It's like no. what small behavior changes work for you. What mm-hmm. works for you? Because what works for you is not going to work for everybody else. It's all about again, curiosity is like, how does this feel to me? What would I need in this moment to make it feel better? All of that. So you guys and are a good place to start. Michael's yeah. a good place to start. You are too. Thank you. Soulful Saturday is another good place uh, to start. Yep. Start all you to just start. Like it's going to be messy and perfection is an illusion. Like you just have to start somewhere. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you're never going to be ready. You're no. never ever going to be ready. For like the next thing, there's always going to be fear. It's going to be in your passenger seat. Fear is a way that's going. It's keeping you in check to not get too unrealistic with yourself and to keep you alive. Yeah, yeah. like if there's a saber tooth tiger behind you, you better have fear. You better have an adrenaline and norepinephrine epinephrine response and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, there's a a song <laughs> that's like. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's like we're wrapping it up we're bringing it home don't don't quit your daydream it's the life that you're making 
if you don't have fear, like your dreams aren't big enough or something like that. Yeah. And which is so true is like the life that you want should scare you a little bit because Mm -hmm. you're in order to achieve that, you're going to have to go outside the comfort zone Mm -hmm. that you've built for yourself outside of the boxes that have been created for us that we've just kind of stepped into. Um, And yeah. And like taking that first step, like saying that, first boundary to maybe your parents or someone that you love deeply is going to be terrifying. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get that emotional feedback loop of like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. I didn't die. Hopefully. Right. I I didn't die. (laughs) We have a boundaries episode. I think it was like our second episode. Yeah, we do have a boundaries. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, it makes me think of when I was uh, on my way back from Asheville, there was a woman in the airport who was on my flight behind me. She had a shirt that said, but did you die? And, you know, I was pretty, like, one with the cosmos at this point. I was like, I turn around on the plane. It's a full flight. And I was like, hey, can I take a picture of your shirt? She's like, yes. I was like, hell yeah. So it was just me and this random woman took a picture of her shirt. But it said, but did you die? And I uh, tell people that when they're in the car with me. Yeah. Or, but did you die? Because you're a scary driver? <laughs> what? Maybe no, a little no. bit of bypassing. <laughs> like, oh, but did you die? You're fine. It's like you're, you're having this trauma response. Yeah. No. Um, Sudden breaks. <laughs> Anything else when it comes to, well, I guess since you two were sharing, kind of wrap up my wrap up speaking idea that I'll invite you to consider your language matters. If you're in a situation with a family member or someone you care about and you're noticing, you know, you want to offer them a different perspective, perhaps the way that you orient differently this time is instead of offering advice, like directly speaking to them and say, you should do this take on the perspective of like, hey, are you open to something? Like asking a question invites curiosity. Like the question is the antidote to curiosity in any relationship. So rather than telling someone what you think is best, ask the question and invite a dialogue. That may be the one thing that you do differently like now versus the way you used to show up in the past in these relationships. And I guarantee you asking a question, getting them to be self-reflective will offer a different outcome. So that's my that's my advice to you. And if you don't <laughs> respond that way and you you do default to your normal pattern or like your typical pattern that you have been doing that you're trying to break, go home and say, what would I have done differently? And then forgive yourself and work on doing that differently in the future. Yep. Give yourself love and grace. Exactly. Cool. Anything else, y'all? No. <sighs> we've got a lot of coffee in us, so we all just need to like move and shake. <laughs> Blow. Um, dance party. Yeah, we're going to have a dance party. All right, y'all, thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Mel. Dr. Aaron. And Jess. And this is the Project Linus podcast where we are here to guide you in reclaiming your power, invite you to pursue your purpose, and ultimately inspire you to play all out in life. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining the Project Linus podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast.
keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.